Welcome to D-Comedy, our rewatch, review, whatever you want to call it podcast. This month, your D-Commentators are me, Lucas. And me, Emma. And we are here today to talk to you about the... Classic. It's classic. Not classic. It's classic not, it's not classic. Classic Halloween decom. Didn't know it was Halloween. Neither. Too. We'll talk about that in a second. Invisible I know Sister. I know I picked it. I and, didn't do any research. Um, invis- but I also want to be clear that from the promotional materials, it didn't seem to be Halloween themed. Well, I actually none of the posters like it was purple. But that that like you know like that that could have gone either way for me personally. It wasn't in a spooky font. I agree with you, and I'm going to do something I don't think I've ever done in the history of this podcast. I'm going to come to Emma's defense on this one. It really doesn't have anything to do, do with Halloween. Halloween. It, it just it uses Halloween as a backdrop, but it's not spooky or it's nothing. It's not spooky, and I guess you could say it deals in the paranormal in that like an invisible no. man sort of situation. Oh well, yeah. But it's very based in science. That's like, what I was going to say. Not, it's not but, but, spooky. There's mystical, magical creatures out there. It's the science thing gone wrong, right? Which I, if you were to tell me it's a Halloween decom about a girl turning invisible, I was like, oh, what kind of curses or spells yeah. have been so cast when upon I her? Saw the promotional materials when I picked this. It literally said so and so science experiment turns your sister invisible, and I was like, okay, that's like the zapped one. Like sounds again, to be good any time yeah, of the year. Yeah, exactly. Like it is so interesting, and I made this note at the end, but I'll say it here. Like that aggressively, aggressively themed. And, like, very expensive-looking, like, Romp the Swamp, which mm-hmm. a name I'll touch on even. Like, <laughs> like that haunted house is, like, so secondary. Like, it doesn't even no, matter. That's what I'm saying. It there, doesn't even there, matter. There are explicit points throughout this movie where I forget it's Halloween. I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's Halloween today. Like, or it's, it's going to be Halloween tomorrow. Like, it's not important to the story whatsoever, aside from the fact that there's costumes. There's that's, a, and, and, like, there's a, a Cinderella story mask gag. Yes. That, that is See, really I thought you terribly... meant just, like, the Cinderella story, the general term, not literally the film is interrupted. No, the so, film. Sorry, it took me a second use on that the one. Tiny mask to disguise someone's identity. Yeah, we'll get into that. That is the most bonkers. Guys, that was more unbelievable to me than someone turning invisible by drinking a moth. Like, oh, not even a question. I literally, I like. Uh, I think this is a pretty fine film. I, I definitely watched it worse, and I was kind of. I think the emotion it's going for really landed no, with me. I, I also think a lot of this is on um, Rowan Blanchard's shoulders, and she's a really good actress. Like, I, I think that's honestly one of my she's, first She's notes. the titular girl of Girl Meets World, correct? Yes. She's the girl from Girl Meets World. And she's just, like, really good at acting. Yes. And I think a lot of this emotional stuff in the hands of somebody else could have been annoying and mm-hmm. not as not land as well as it. I think both her and the other one, Paris, Burrell, the the Molly, they they mm-hmm. have a lot of cheese they need to really lay a cracker on, and they do it. Yeah, it, yeah that's an excellent way to put it. Is It is very cheesy. It feels very artificial. It's like a, a cheese whiz, if you will. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they make it work. They make it work. They, they make it work and I, I don't want to bash the supporting that. cast. I, I think there are, I don't think they're doing a terrible job. I didn't fall in love with anybody. I, I'm ashamed to admit it. I kind of like Coog. I kind of like the Coog. <laughs> I kind of want to. <laughs> I hated that man. Oh, I hated George more than I hated anybody else. I loved Connor, who I'm now realizing his Carter. name is Carter. <laughs> I, I didn't hate that guy because he is a blank I'm sheet sorry, of paper. Is a Rhodes Scholar. <laughs> Don't get me started about that. So this movie starts 
In, or do we I mean, have any news? Just briefly, and I know it's news you're going to be excited about, because it's about what? It's about Zombies 3. Thank God. <laughs> they, they finally they started answering my calls and they've cast me? Uh, <laughs> yes, Emily. You're being cast live on air. <laughs> uh, they they cast some new people into the movie. Me? No, nobody I've heard of. <laughs> Meryl Streep? No. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis, actually. He's coming out of retirement. He's coming out of retirement. Um, but the important thing here is to look up who they will will be playing, which is, uh, hang on, what are their names? Matt Cornett, who was in High School Musical, the musical, the series, Kira Tantau, I'm probably mispronouncing that, and Terry Who. Cornett and Tantau. Cornette and Tantau will portray... Aliens. Extraterrestrials. Alan yes. Much and- <laughs> like Fast 10, we're going to space, but it only took us three movies. Alan and A-Lee, respectively. This is, this is something I find very who? interesting. Wait, wait. the arc of these movies? Who... Uh, a non-binary actor will portray the role of a non-binary alien named Ace Spen. Fantastic. Very cool. I mean, I feel like they're playing into the trope of like, well, we want to have a non-binary character, so we're going to make him an alien or a robot or whatever. I mean, that's but we're splitting hairs here, but like... Better than nothing. Would aliens even have a binary to be in? Like, who's to say? They could have a vagina on their necks. Or they could not even have reproductive organs. We don't know. That's true. Like, saying a non-binary alien, like, I we mean, don't know what binaries aliens even have. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to part the curtain a little bit for you listeners in quarantine uh, i started watching star trek for the first time the next generation not the original bit Emma, i know you haven't seen any of it no. but the, the, what i've discovered about star trek number one everybody is horny all the time two they're mostly horny for aliens three all aliens are either men or women and they have corresponding junk with human beings that is like the three core rules of star trek like the one of the main characters and in my opinion the best character lieutenant commander data is a robot man and he still is explicitly a man and uses and can fuck and yeah oh yes he can <laughs> that's episode two of the next generation is that data bones what down my point is is that you just really wanted to talk about this guy boning somebody but no where, i'm where just saying my if you're pulling like star trek into something like there this, was a binary there was positive. a bi- there was a binary but i star think trek. john i don't think zombies would pull from the classics zombies breaks ground they they blaze their own trail if that's what you want to call it (laughs) if that's what you want to call it i will let you have that so this movie yeah that's all i have this movie opens with a classic so here's the thing (laughs) like i literally heard it and i was like god damn it it's a voiceover narration by rowan blanchard and i actually sound unsure every time you start saying her name is it rowan I believe Ronan? so. Rowan? No, I think it's Ronan Blanchard. No, you got me saying it wrong. See, I think it's Rowan Blanchard. Rowan Blanchard. Maybe Blanchard. Couldn't tell you one goddamn thing she says in this because it rambles like nobody's business. And it's about being visible or unvisible or invisible. Some people are visible. Some people are invisible. I think this movie maybe has a few more lofty goals than it needs to about really making a statement about how it feels to be invisible and stuff like that. And you, you don't need that. Listening to those fucking platitudes about being invisible in the voiceover is like reading a textbook. They yeah, are so boring. There's, and there's no emotion also, to it. also, it's like, we got it. Like, you don't have to hit us over the head with that metaphor so much. Like, you literally, in the movie, there's dialogue That's what I'm where saying. she's like, like, I always felt invisible. Like, we get the yeah, metaphor. Yeah, once, once you meet the characters and they 
talk about it openly to one another. Yeah, it's it works not like fine. They're hiding it. And they do it here in the beginning and then they do it at the end. It's it's bonkers. But the thing that this narration is placed over is the probably my number one complaint about this movie is horrible, horrible CGI. Oh my god. It's so bad. And you don't it, like moth CGI? Well, for stuff like this, I get it, right? Like, first of all, there's a big moth slash butterfly contingent no, in this. It's just moth. No, in the beginning, it's monarch butterflies. And then we transition to the one moth on the tree, and then we follow moth the rest of the way. So I get that, because obviously you're not going to buy monarch. I don't know what you even do for if you need monarch butterflies in the film industry. Who would write monarch butterflies into a script? I concur with you, but, well, it's symbolic. Emma. She's the one, she's the moth. Um, but there are so many things in this movie that they did not need to CGI. Like, I th- did they forget that, like, you can go to a Bass Pro Shop, buy some fishing line, <laughs> and then just edit it out a little bit? Why? And then you can why, float things across why the room? Did the, why did the, they not just do practical effects? Like, this is Disney. Is, is this Jim? These, these are the people that made the Haunted Mansion. Like, you guys do this thing every yeah, day. Like, like why? Is it honestly cheaper to CGI it? That's the only... But if, I feel like... It looks so uncanny it valley, does. though. Like, you can tell... Like, the, the CGI is just so weird looking even with the invisible stuff I hate it like and plus keep in mind this is 2015 we're not talking about like a 2002 movie that has some CGI this is 2015 you couldn't put a dude in a green suit and then just remove him I, and then like like we have the technology we can do it it's you so also weird don't, as Luke's saying I also am someone who is a big fan of practical effects I think they 9 times out of 10 look better than CGI of course. and help your movie not age like shit you don't need to CGI a chair floating across the room just fucking take fishing wire and float it across the room what the fuck it's not hard we're not asking that much of you but i think this movie's had a massive budget and they were just looking for ways to blow it all (laughs) yeah paul hohen who directed this and as we've mentioned before is a decom legend just was like we really gotta burn through it so the next one that i actually care about we can get an even bigger budget but what her voiceover is set over is besides the fucking butterflies (laughs) is you're meeting the main character cleo Mm -hmm. they don't drop that name i feel like for a while for a while it's it's latent and she is goth because she has what or alt or whatever because she has one streak streak of pink in her hair what is that what did i write right there is she a goth yes i i I thought at first she was going to be a goth but then this movie takes a hard left turn into her being Being a a scientist yes i was like oh a goth and like she's going to be in a band like she give you guys a mental picture she's styled kind of like i would imagine like think like the band members in freaky friday with Lindsay lohan (laughs) like one strand of pink like a lot of shredded tights under and and in the beginning she's always listening to music yeah she's always got headphones Yes. So I was like, oh, she's going to be like a punk rocker. Mm-hmm. No, no, she's not. She's a uh, nerd, apparently. Who nobody likes or waves to when she's doing this voiceover narration and is getting out of the car at school. Her older sister, by contrast... Molly. Molly is very popular... Didn't realize until way in this movie is on the lacrosse team. That's where all her friends Oh, there's come. a strong lacrosse contingent, Emma. <laughs> I like. Well, I guess when the parents start screaming at her, I realize that lacrosse is going to play a part. In yeah, her. I think that's when the lacrosse thing co- comes up, too. But so she has just... all these lacrosse friends, a posse. Everyone's like, hey, Molly, when she walks in Although, school. wait, actually, no, we need to unpack that. You know how your high school had a lacrosse team. Ours did not. Many high schools have lacrosse Really? Teams. Isn't that it's, a common high school It's really sport? common um, on the coasts. So um, it's not common in the Midwest. But they're, they're in Louisiana. 
Uh, are they? They're are supposed they? to be. They're, um, it's Canada. I could maybe imagine. I don't. I don't know about. They, they shot like they but shot like three scenes. It's in very Louisiana. popular in the East Coast. They would like East Coast and some, most a lot of East Coast schools don't have football teams. They have but for high school. Yes. Okay. Yes. A ton of my friends are. Don't doubt me. I don't doubt you. I'm just surprised. I'm surprised. School. Is all I'm saying. I did think it was an interesting sport for us to play in a decom. Okay. Well, I, I also had never seen us approach it in a decom before. True. I also have some serious concerns, not about the film itself, but about female lacrosse, which we'll get into. But when also, it comes like, up. I was kind of happy about it. Like, I, how much fucking soccer can I watch? Yeah. I'm so sick of decoms about basketball. Like, female lacrosse, great. Honestly, yes. no, I'm, it's a hard sport. Great. It's almost like if you'd never played it before in your life you couldn't just run onto the field almost like a lot of complicated rules yeah um, um which which to, to be fair to them i think Emma's right like you can just like you, you just look at it and you're like they got to get the ball in the goal like it's yeah. not it's not complicated to like learn how they're scoring and and what all um but there are things like the passing and i think there's like an offsides component like like it's not like you could pick that up oh god no god no but so yeah molly has like so many friends and they're all smiling happy to see her and like she's like norm from cheers walking in and everyone's like oh oh my gosh and no one says hi to no one says hi to cleo and i kind of was like i love this alternate reality where like rowan isn't like stunningly hot she's like a very (laughs) hot person and they do a lot in this movie to make her look not hot and then give her like a half-assed makeover when she has to pretend to be molly but i'm like what are we doing here you also want to know something interesting about both of them in this is i was confused because of what happens later about like their ages uh molly's older molly but... molly's older but i was wondering by how much um because clearly she's at least 16 in the movie because she could drive, drive and, and cleo can't but i think this is a rare rare case of a movie that was cast exactly right where uh molly the girl who played molly was 16 and rowan was 13 at this time but then she just goes straight into her chemistry class where she just this immediately again this is a punk Who do rock I recognize this teacher from mr perkins yeah uh, i didn't i didn't recognize him from oh anything. i recognized him deeply I'm you can imdb him. him if you want um she goes into chemistry class sits down and just immediately puts her headphones in so i think she's like a burnout yeah she's That's, like i guess is the bait and switch they're trying to pull i yeah i guess but like to what end is my right. point because she sits down she cranks up her tunes she's sitting there she then falls asleep i think listening to her music and the class pay attention the class ends perkins walks up and is like uh what do you do what did you do today listen to the fits and uh the tantrums and she goes actually it's the hives today and i was like oh so he knows that she's listening to these non-existent rock bands with stupid names um fits and the tantrums is a real band Luke. that's a real band yes is the Hives a real band? Uh, maybe. How did they get permission to use that? I don't know. That's insane. You keep surprising me with things in this You episode. keep surprising me with your lack of general <laughs> yeah, knowledge. I don't, I don't know music you or are, lacrosse. You're making me sound like I've got these crazy facts. This is like very common knowledge. Excuse me if Emma, I've been desensitized by Disney Channel just coming up with weird band names. Although to be fair to me, I did write down they're kind of, they sound like not abnormal enough to be interesting. And I guess it's because they exist. Um, um, oh, there's a gr- there's a great line here, which was my first tip that this he movie was in sh- Freaky Friday as well. Oh, uh, he's the husband. Yes, he is that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I forget exactly what the setup is for it, but it's, this is my first inkling that this movie might actually be good. Is that um, he says, "Do you really think you'll be able to pull off just sitting in class and listening to music all year?" And she and she's like says I, I, that's something like that, and she she goes. 
about half as well as you're pulling off those skinny jeans. <laughs> and, like, she's like, and like, she's got some good singers in this movie. And she yeah, delivers I, well, like, I feel like she does, but I feel like they act like she's constantly like that. Like, she's constantly just saying shitty things to everybody, and she says it, like, once in a blue moon. Like, like a normal, honestly, when like a normal when person. Honestly, when she does it, they're pretty funny. So I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm here for it. And then, I don't know if it's because of this skinny jean comment. Oh, also, while he's talking to her, he then hands, hands her, her a test. Hands her a test. That says A+. Plus. And I thought, it, I saw her, my eyes were going up the paper, and I was like, oh, she must be, like, failing this class or something because she's sitting in and listening no. to music. No, she's getting, got 100% on that. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, no, you're acing my class, so clearly I, this doesn't matter. Um, but then... I don't know it's because of... Does that mean they continue to ride your D? Like, I, like what, what sort of... This public school? Like, teachers don't have time for this. Like, Te- that girl's doing fine. Leave her alone. Yeah, all, well, that, number one. And then, number two, you you can't do this, what he's about to do. Oh, where, when he cancels her project? Well, he... he, he she put you... He's like, okay, I read your proposal for your, like, midterm project or whatever. It's too simple. Like, you're trying to turn a fruit Everybody into a battery. Everybody else is turning... The, doing the exact same thing. Like, right. idiots in your um, class. I want you to challenge yourself. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. You are the teacher. You have that kind of thing. He's like, all right, I'm giving you an assignment for this report or this experiment. I'm like, super, can't do that, but okay, whatever. And then he goes, and guess what? It's 50% of your entire class grade. I'm like, that's not... That's not, an abuse of power. That's an abuse of power. That's like, you can't tell a 13-year-old kid, hey, you need to figure out this solution Perkins I gave you. Perkins oversteps a lot of boundaries in this movie. And they don't... I don't know exactly what day of the week it is. No I, clue what I, day like, it is. I, a part of me was really worried that this was Friday and then tomorrow was Saturday. But but no, they have no school. No clue they have, when have, the science thing was due. He said until Monday. So I was under the auspices that, like, maybe today was Monday. He was giving her, like, a week. And I was like, that still seems like a really short amount of time, but okay. But th- she acts like it's, like, tomorrow. She's like, I have to go work on it. Yeah, I, I, I need like, to do this. And I guess maybe it's just a lot of work. Whatever. So she gives him this really unfair assignment. And we are introduced to her best friend, George. When they, I didn't even realize they were friends. Like, No, so. you, not in this first scene you realize. Because she just says something like, George gets straight A's and you're letting him do you're a project. You're letting him do a project about studying it. Guinea pigs on all ice cream diets. Which sounds like... Uh, and all they do is fart a lot. Yeah, and that's well, a running gag. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. I thought it was a throwaway joke. I was like, oh, George no, and those guinea pigs. No. And then, no, he is one of, the ma- he's one of the main characters. And the guinea pig farting thing will not stop coming back. And so they, she goes out in the hall and starts talking with George. In case, as I already mentioned, I did not like George. I literally just wrote down, I do not have time to unpack all of George. He's wearing, like... Very loud pants and is like girls love these I in Europe. Liked George. I didn't like George. He felt like too distracting. Like nothing about what he does in this movie really matters. So yeah, I, he didn't really have enough consequence, like in the actual script. But I all George wants is to get his dick wet, and he's bad at it. And, that's and the I joke. don't care that he does or does no. Not. That's what I'm that's, saying. I'm I don't not like, invested. I'm in not endearing. He's not funny enough to make me care. And also, the girl he's hitting on seems way too old for him. He that's another 12. thing. That's another thing. So yeah, they're walking out of school. I think like. School, school's over for the day at this point. They weren't just at that one class. And then some random guy in a Letterman jacket yells at Cleo, like, nice vampire costume. And she's like, my vampire costume? Oh, yeah, my fangs and my cape. Which isn't so much a sarcastic comment. It just makes his, what he said, made no sense because she's wearing normal clothes. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh man, I bet this guy's gonna be her bully and like maybe is even no, dating the sister no. or something. You will never hear from this man again. <laughs> and she's also like never really other than that, like outwardly bullying. No, I thought this was setting up a big thing. No. And it's just a thing that happens once. 
And but I guess the Letterman jacket is supposed to be important because it's setting up who else but Carter, who is this guy body with a body. No, I he's, know. Like, he's not that good looking, but he has like really blonde, really curly hair, and I like that character if, choice. If he had been her other nerdy best friend, I would not have asked a single question. He looks exactly like he would fit that archetype, even though he's but apparently he's a supposed sportsman. to be a hot jock. Yeah, he's a jock. Apparently, and so he like asks. Rowan to study with him. Yes. But she literally thinks that he's just using her to like get better grades in science. Cause she's like, it's and she like, also like sees the other guys on his team like laughing as he's talking to her. And yeah. She's and she's like, like, oh, I'm just going to be a joke. Like he's just using me to like get better grades. Like what, like what a stereotype. Is, which, is, which is a heck of an accusation. Honestly. Yeah. What a, what a cliche. He also like seemed very sincere. Like, yeah. Because he's like, okay, well, uh, if you change your mind, I'll, I'll be in the study, la- study lounge uh, tomorrow at this time. So come on by if you want to study. And she's like, great. Thanks. She's thinks that it's like a a trap a trap a prank trap a prank a, a sex trap <laughs> it's not a, that sounds awful <laughs> espionage and so molly then shout oh no this no. was actually this clip oh. actually is my sleep player else's demon when they asked to go to froyo well first first they i i'm sorry george is very confused because he is like why didn't you agree to carter you, you like lo- you really like carter and she's like no i don't know and, and i was like i agree with her i don't think she likes this man she is very very she she showed me nothing. She showed me nothing. And she's like, well, it's just because he's not, the, I'm not the type of girl that goes out with guys like that. Like, I'm not Molly. And then she says, like, totally awesome city. This <laughs> is the <laughs> fucking thing that they, they do when they're doing impressions of Molly, which we only see Molly say once. Well, no, like, that's the thing, right? Awesome city, totally the bomb. Totally the bomb, that's it. But that's the thing, right? I thought she was just doing, like, a mean impression of her sister, and that was just, like, a thing that she was being, like, oh, like, you know, over the top and, like, no, but then, 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 then Molly's like, then Molly's like, hey, do you guys want to go good for you? It's going to be to- awesome I'll city, totally, totally the bomb. bomb. And I was like, what? wait, you actually use that phrase? What could that possibly mean? And then they, but, like, then they abandoned it, and I was like, what? Then they, Rowan says, like, one more time after pretending to be her, but it was so fucking cringe. And then this Very is, cringe. that was, that, this, there's, like, three big hits here that absolutely Yeah, go, go to your street sleep paralysis, Steven. The one where she goes, awesome city, it's going to be awesome city, totally the bomb. Molly says that. And then there is a great joke here, which just, it actually made me laugh, was when Coog, Molly's boyfriend, yes. goes, hey, you little guy, you want to come too? To, like, George, to mm-hmm. his friend. She goes, his name is George, you've met him 400 times. times. And I actually laughed at that, because she delivered that very well. And then her friend, who I don't know her name. Nikki? Yes. Yeah. Says something that I can only describe as simlish <laughs> when she goes, bro, yo, YOLO, oh no, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> And then my brain broke. Yeah. I, uh, what response was she supposed to be getting back to that? Was that a question? Did you have a seizure? That's what I said. <laughs> is your is your brain okay? Oh, no. Like, I, there's oh, no. Are you scared about here? getting the frozen yogurt? I sat with that for a few moments and I never I never fully recovered. <laughs> I just imagine you sitting in like your darkened apartment. Like, I was like, sitting in my bedroom alone and I was like, I don't even know where to start with that. I, I thought you were going to say that this gave you intense flashbacks to being in high school when everyone would go hit up the TCBY. Oh, well, yeah, it did, because when, that was the hottest thing to do when I was in high yeah, school. Yeah, let, let me tell you guys, once, to go to get frozen once our town got a TCBY, it became the place to be. Anybody who was anybody. And your friends all worked there, and you would you would take cars, and you would go to the TCBY. And you would steal school. toppings from the thing. <laughs> <laughs> just shove them in your mouth. It was a whole thing. But George is like, oh, absolutely. Would love to go get Froyo with like the older cool, cool kids. kids. And Leo's like, hard pass. Not doing that one. And we never really get an explanation.
explanation for why uh, she is inherently like doesn't want to do, do it. it. I guess because like at this point, I was kind of like, okay, I can kind of see where you're coming from. Like when your sister's really popular and has a bunch of friends, and you don't. Well, like, you're it expecting can be... the sister to like leave her in the dust, then. a little like, bit, and, like, yeah, forget yeah. her at school because she's going to get Froyo with her. But then friend. the sister's like, but the hey, sister's let me like, include you in this us. fun thing we are doing, and then she's like, no, uh, yeah. So it really, it, I, I, I know she like apologizes for it. Later. Yeah, she regrets it later. Regrets it later, but it really, I don't understand why she doesn't go. That actually might be my favorite line in the movie because, like we said, Rowan and I tried as a good actress, but just the emotion she pours <laughs> the in the line. The emotion she has <laughs> to <laughs> dial into for. I should have gone, gone to Froyo. It is literally like she is Leo DiCaprio. She is trying something she, there. She puts in effort. That's for her called art. really, really trying with something that when the script is not giving you a lot. Yes. Um, but so then they go. Oh, oh, and then George is like, I'll give you a ride on my scooter. I just souped it up. And then. I thought the scooter was going to come back into play. No. Why did we even need this? Oh, the <laughs> guinea pig gag we see constantly. Scooter, never seen again. It's seen briefly at the end, but it's never utilized again for transportation. They later get on a, a streetcar, which makes a lot more sense as public transportation in New Orleans. This is supposed to be New Orleans. And. I didn't realize that until they got home from school. And I saw the house and I go, are they in fucking NOLA? Like, what is this? Yeah, they also say at a certain point. This is the New Orleans, say it's Mardi Gras. But it's Robert. late. Yeah, it's late. Well, that's no, fine. It's very much turns invisible. I want it um, the second the movie starts. Tell me where I am. <laughs> just, I just like an image pops up. Emma, Emma, it's Louisiana. Everything's going to be I'm used okay. to watching Bravo where everything's in a Chiron. It's like <laughs> Charleston, South Carolina, Shep. Then man, like like it literally tells you exactly who and where. Emma just gets really is. scared. Yeah, doesn't I, know what's gonna happen. Like Summer House when they're like Lindsay but, Hubbard. But yeah, he has like he has like a shitty electric scooter that is like putting along and it breaks down. So they have to it's walk. Like the rest a jalopy. Of the way. Yeah, it's, he built it himself or something. Yeah, and so they have to walk the rest of the way, and their parents are going out of town. For a reason that I don't remember. I have no idea. They say it, but I... I don't I, 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 It's something like, I feel like the dad is a photographer, and... Can I just say, are they storm chasers? Mm, I think that's a big reach <laughs> on your end. It's like, I can't, it's like a five-second thing, because he's like, where is my thing? Can I, I just say, I love the artistic choice of just kicking the parents out of the movie. Oh, well, of course. Get them out. I love that they're just not there. Well, I they don't had to, want them. No, they had to, though. Though, because like and this comes up a little bit I think with the science teacher is that like tell people she's invisible like yeah. like it's a major scientific breakthrough that yeah. you have accomplished here today and you have amazing proof of it it's not like you've befriended a monster and you need to hide it from your family because the townspeople will kill it because yeah or the government or whatever etc I went more like Frankenstein you went more like Area 51 sure uh, just be like hey mom I was doing a science experiment and whoops invisible sister um, and she'd be like, oh, well, we need to... Also, the dad is really hot. Okay. I said, hot dad alert. Key race <laughs> alert. The dad is hot. Also, not sure how those two people made those two girls. Their features do not look like they combine to that, those two persons, but go with God. Go with God. The dad is, like, fully <laughs> blonde. I was like, okay. Yeah, they they did not cast this family well. They really don't Well, they knew like... the parents were going to be in it for five seconds. Very true. They're outside getting in a cab to go to the airport, and George is like, well, I'm going to head in and get my guinea pig settled. And I was like, do you live here? Like, what? Are, why are you a part of this? And no, he's just, like, hanging out with her while he does her... Well, she I does her I feel that way about a lot of George's 
just seems, why are you a part of this? Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, and the other parents are like, we're going out of town. And they're like, listen, Molly, we love you so much. You're going to kill it across tomorrow. Across tomorrow. The college scouts are going to be there. Also kind of fucked that this is like the biggest game of her like high school career. And the parents are blowing out of town. Yeah. Where were they going? I, I don't remember. <laughs> well, maybe it was like, what was it in Cowbells? They need to catch that rare butterfly yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I think it was something that stupid. That's what I was saying. I feel like he had to, f- f- they, like, they're photographers or something and had to like photograph some news something maybe it was like a storm like footage i don't know it's not important but now that i can't remember it i'm also upset but they basically give molly all of his attention and they're like you're gonna kill it just keep your head in the game stay focused and blah 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 blah, blah and like kind of totally ignore yeah cleo and then they're like oh and cleo well then they say keep it loose out there on the field you know really you know just go with it and they're like and cleo uh keep it loose with that homework because yeah, that's that's what you're good at and she's like yeah i'll stretch before i tackle that trigonometry so they take off and and this is this is what i liked is i I was immediately concerned that they weren't going to set up, like we mentioned, Molly as being like too mean because like they didn't want to make her unlikable, like some of these newer movies do, especially. Like if this was like a 2001 movie, she she'd would be like, a bitch. she'd be like elbowing, Cle- will, like, bitch <laughs> she'd be like elbowing Cleo in the face and like running upstairs. So with that first scene, you know, I was nervous, but then she's like, oh, by the way, I'm having people over for dinner. And like, which by which I mean like the entire lacrosse team and their boyfriends. And I'm like, oh, so she's throwing a party without telling her little sister. That's a good amount of like uncool, but not outwardly dislikable. But I also did, right after she said, I said, this house is fucking sick. I want a party. Either. It is a completely sick house. And they, this is a good party scene. Like, it is. It actually looks like a very fun party. I would have liked some more um, red cups filled with who knows what. Yeah, but I liked... I also soda, liked it's always were soda. Doing, like, a weird, like, it wasn't just like a high school party. It was like a high school party, but also like one of those weird parties you have when you're younger where you're trying to like seem like an adult. So they cook like meatballs. Yeah, what, what was... What the fuck this was is, that? I think that was... There's not many in this movie. I think that had to be the one thing that they continually try and make a joke and say as a joke, but it's just... But not it a wasn't joke. a joke. It's just not a joke. They made, they, how many times Coog says meatballs? Coog is like, how do you make meatballs? And then he's like, nobody? All right, I'm just going to keep making meatballs. And then the next day he's like, I ate too many meatballs. meatballs. <laughs> it was so weird. So while the party is going on, it's also in this party they establish her and Coog are dating. And let, let's talk about Coog a little bit because I mentioned I really like Coog. He's just like, I, he's got himbo energy, I think, golden a little bit. Golden retriever energy. Yeah, golden retriever more, I think, is because he's not super athletic. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be an athlete. He seems I to know. be like a her groupie. Yeah, I I thought that was mentioned that he's on some team or something, but... But he, he wasn't, like, with the Letterman guys. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, yeah, he's not, like... He's not mean to her or anything. He's just kind of spacey, and he never remembers meeting George. But he's 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 a very pure soul, I feel like. He just is, like... like He also has a moment at the end where he thinks that uh, Molly's breaking up with him, and he's just like, I just want you to be happy if you can be happy with me. And I was like, ah, oh, Coog, you're okay in my book. He was... I mean, the reveal is that he's a himbo with a heart of gold. Yeah, like he's a, a good dude. A dummy with a heart of gold. And while some, while some of the gags around him weren't my cup of tea, I, I thought the character himself was enjoyable she so while the party's going on she's in like their uh greenhouse yeah i couldn't think of the word um working on this science experiment because we should also be more clear is he gave her a vial of like red liquid and this then really like a, doesn't matter by the no, way no no but and it, a piece of glass and was like turn up fire and make the liquid crystal yeah done done so she's just like pouring stuff solutions into, into a beaker to try and figure out what it is it comes up as sucrose and she's like oh he made he gave me a uh, sugar and she's starting to work on it and then like a horrible cgi mom 
moth flies in and she's, she's like, She's oh. batting at it. She's away. batting and at there's it. There's all these test tubes over a beaker. Yeah, she knocks some, um, an unknown amount of chemicals into the beaker and the steam the rises. The steam out. rises and the moth flies through it and it turns transparent and she's like, Oh my gosh. The moth is invisible. The moth is now invisible. But what's weird is like, it's invisible. You can still very clearly see like its wings flapping and everything. I think that's just like, it has to be a convention of the movie. Otherwise, it would look really fucking dumb because you can't see what she's seeing. Yeah, there's, we'll talk about that later too. Um, but then there's a scene basically of her chasing this moth around trying no, to catch it. No, the craziest part of this fucking movie, and this is a movie in which someone is turned invisible mm-hmm. by eating a moth. I think the craziest part oh, of this also, movie. No, sorry. Can we also get to that? That that's how that, that happened. That is insane. I was like. Isn't she gonna get it spilled on her, or maybe no. it falls in the pool no, no, and I she jumps maybe in the pool? Like, like she, like she ta- um, I thought like Rowan was gonna like leave the beaker out. She was gonna drink from it or something. No, it is the craziest she drinks series. The, the invisible moth. <laughs> okay, but but we're finding the fact that when the moth turns invisible and Rowan's trying to catch it, that she immediately reaches underneath her desk and has a fucking butterfly net. I was like, who uh, has no, that no, no. in their house? Uh, we're actually wrong. First, she pulls out a full mason jar, catches it in the mason jar, and then is like, oh my god, it's invisible. It's scared, and then drops, it, drops it. it. But then she goes to the, gets the butterfly net. But no, I had that same note, but they're in a greenhouse. So you would have it's that. Still- you would have that to get bugs out of your greenhouse. That I bought. But so yeah, then there's just her running around the house trying to catch this moth. And I was so disappointed, because like the moth just gets away. It just gets away. But she I, it I know, but I was expecting like her to ruin the party or oh, whatever. Oh yeah, and, and then like, there would be a, a fight between make um, a big fuss. The sisters. But it just and no, but no one really says anything. Like the moth flies out. She's like, mm, that sucks. Thought she was like knock over the, the tray of meatballs or yeah. something. Like nah, nothing. Happens. No hijinks. No hijinks. There's plenty of hijinks later once the invisibility happens. Don't worry. The moth gets away. Whatever. Party's over. This is what we're talking about. Molly, the older sister, goes into the bathroom and pours like turns the tap on, gets a glass of water. How dare you I- not drop the brand name of Ginger Fizz, which is apparently the sponsor. Apparently so fucking important to this plot. <laughs> okay, but wait, so the sheep oh, turns the tap on as a glass of water and I literally wrote in my notes to go, I don't understand how water from the sink is going to make her invisible. <laughs> like, I was like, did it get into the water supply when like, Rowan like poured something in the drain early? Like, I was like, how was water from the sink going to make her invisible? Mm-hmm. And then she Excellent drops question. an Alka-Seltzer in it mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't know what's going to happen now, but I was like, also, why is this small teen taking Alka-Seltzer? <laughs> um, well, no, keep it. What you're forgetting about the Alka-Seltzer though, and this is what immediately took me off to it is we're panning around they're both in their rooms just like hanging out reading they're checking their phones or reading books or whatever and it zooms super hard in on this table where three of these packets labeled ginger fizz are for like five I seconds that. I, F- that. I was yeah. like i assume this is gonna be important because you just put the most i literally have a note later on that was like they need to really focus on the ginger fizz thing more because i did not think no i literally wrote down i was like is she gonna have like ibs or something and that's why she needs to have alcohol it was apparently for nerves or something yeah it's that she gets so nervous before a game and she has the big game tomorrow um she gets so nervous before a game that she needs to her stomach gets tied up or not so she needs to take those ginger fizzes to so she puts it. a ginger fizz in the water glass at which point the invisible mom <laughs> flies through a window, an open window, is attracted towards the light in the bathroom, goes towards the light, falls in to her Alka-Seltzer water, and then she raises the thing to her glass and drinks it. And drinks it. it. Guys, I don't know how I invisibility works, but I'm pretty sure I would know if I had a moth in my mouth. Like, I've had before where I was drinking some water and, like, an ant crawled in there, and I, the second it touched my tongue, I was like, that's not right, and then I spent, and sure, there's a fizz element, but you 
would know. I was also just so grossed out watching it happen. I was like, no, oh, no, oh, no, God, no, so no. was I. I'm a, again, parting the curtain on my life, people. I hate bugs. Bugs freak me out. And I was just like, she's not gonna, oh, God, she's not gonna do that. I also have always in this script to have her turn invisible. The fact that this was the route they went. This is based on a book. I didn't do any research into the book like I sometimes do. Is this a thing from the book, listeners? Someone tell us. Because it, it has to be. Because it's because it so out of left field. Usually screenwriters just try to get from the easiest point from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And this seems like there's several detours at, like, points moth. Like, I don't think, like, this seems like something from a novel. Yeah, it seems real out there. But so... She uh, goes to bed. She goes to bed at exactly midnight, wakes up the next day, and guys, 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 she's invisible. And I know we said this earlier, but the invisible CGI effect makes me feel like I am on literally yeah, it's, hallucinogenic drugs. It, look, it also just doesn't... It, like, bothers me. To, it bothered me to watch. Like, and it looks like everything's made out of, like, clay in yes, a weird yes, way. Like, yes. it doesn't look... Real. It looks uncanny valley. Yes, it's awful. So she like trudges in the bathroom in her terrible CGI also, slippers. Also, I um, is she fucking naked? They don't explain this right away. They don't explain so it's it right like, are, Is she just running around her house in the buck? Because like, because the towel. When she puts her slippers on, her slippers stay visible. The towel is still visible. Point. And she's completely invisible. So we're like, is she just in the buff <laughs> walking around I, her house? People sleep naked. I don't know. But you are right. They do explain this in a second. And I was like, this is stupid, which we'll get into why in a second. But I didn't really think of it because she's clearly wearing pajamas. Because So this is the start of something. Is She goes in the bathroom and she does the yeah, class. She went to sleep wearing pajamas. She went to sleep wearing pajamas. And she oh she closes like the, you know, the medicine cabinet, opens it back up, and then has the moment where she's like holding the toothpaste like oh I'm yeah, not there Macaulay Culkin yeah ah. right. but then in that moment she appears to us not in the mirror and there's a lot of this I think to give this girl actual screen right. time and I think to also let her act, act yes but also and like convey emotion but I also wondered like if this confused younger watchers it definitely because it is a little confusing that like some, she's invisible and then sometimes they will make her fully visible to like convey emotion yeah. say something or stand there I I think they get better at it over the course of time, but in this first scene where they're just in the house and she's just talking to her sister, it happens like a, like all the time. Like it's like she's in one side of the room, she's visible. Now she's not. Blah blah. And I was like, is this how it's going to be forever? And it's not. It's like you see it. Like Emma said, like when she's talking to the sister, so you can see their back and forth, which makes sense. Because yeah, it would be really boring just to see nothing move around. Yeah, I, for, I, I get why they're. I get. Doing well, I get why they did it. I just think they. Uh, needed to pick their moments better. And they get better at it as, as it goes on. But definitely here, and I totally agree with you. I think as a kid, you would maybe be kind of like, if she's invisible, why do I see her all the freaking yeah, time? I, like, yeah. But, but I, under, I understand the choice. But she calls Cleo in. And is like, hey, yo, invisible, what the hell's going on? Uh, Cleo's freaked out as well. And is like, oh, uh, did my science experiment last Guys, night. Guys, the rate <laughs> at which these two figure out the most convoluted thing in the world, they're like, oh, wait, I mean, the moth's invisible. Yeah, you did. And they're like, oh, what if? Oh, my God. What if the moth flew through an open window, <laughs> hit a light, fell into your fucking water, and you drank it? I was like, they got there in three minutes. They got there How? so quick. How? Because the plot needs to keep moving, Emma. This movie's a tight hour 20, folks. We don't have time for that. No one even questioned work. that. They were all they were both like, yep, that's exactly what happened. But also the fact of the matter is, is it's kind of irrelevant. This is what's weird. Is So later on, they have to figure out the antidote, and they're like, okay, well, we need to catch a moth. Why and I was like, why do they need the moth specifically? Why did they? I guess because they just needed to replicate the exact, like, the exact conditions. And did, she have, did she have to drink another moth? No, she didn't. They had, they just had to develop, use it to develop the serum. She did not drink another moth. 
<laughs> I, I, I'm fairly certain she didn't drink another moth. Yeah, they figure this out real, real quick. It's just like so funny how they go from like, oh my God, how could this have happened to two seconds later being like, oh, well, a moth must have flown through the open window, came to the bathroom, like fell into your water glass. That's the only possible point of entry. I was like, good fucking guess, I yeah. guess. But so then Coog shows up. And is like, and hey, a bear mascot costume. And a bear mascot costume was like, hey, babe, ready to go to school. Like, uh, let's do this. And Cleo has to rush down. And he's like, uh, she is sick. She won't be coming to school today. She cannot see anyone because she's super contagious. Get out of here. And he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. He runs out. Uh, but no, there's, there's an they important point. They also were doing a theme costume. Yes. Their friend group are all doing Wizard of Oz. And she's like, what are you? And he's like, yeah, the cowardly, two words, cowardly bear. <laughs> And um, she's like, it's a lion. He's like, it's a what? No, no, no. She goes like, it's a lot. And never mind. She doesn't have time to explain it to him. Um, but she's, but he tells her that uh, Molly's supposed to be their Dorothy. Um, so it's going to ruin the whole thing. She's like, well, she's sick. Get out of here. We got to sort this shit out. And then, then she comes back upstairs. And I don't know if you noticed this, but she's just like picking up. Uh, Molly is invisibly picking up a chair and putting it back. Why is she doing Where did that, that come from? That I, was- I think it was by... I think she knocked it over or something. I, I don't remember hearing that, but Molly's freaking out because she's like, I can't call out a sick, I can't call out of school today, say I'm sick. It's, she has to play in this lacrosse game. I have to play in the lacrosse game. If I don't show up for school, I can't play in the game. And also, but then she has this moment where she's like, oh, duh, it's Halloween. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. That's what the rest of this movie is going to be now. She's going to be in like a heavy costume like he was wearing. I thought yeah. I think they were going to take his, his bear costume. costume. She would be in that master costume the rest of the time. And they had to constantly dodge her having to take the head off. Stuff like yeah. that. Like, oh, God, I can't believe I'm about to say this. Hatch and Pete style. And, Please uh, don't take me back to that. And, I'm sorry. Um, back to the sunken place. Back to the hatching place. Um, but then, but, but, he, but he leaves, and then she goes and puts on her Dorothy outfit, and she's like, Molly, you can't wear that. Clearly, you know, you can see your arms and stuff. And then it turns invisible. That, then they start explaining the clothes thing. Like, if right. they, that whatever she's wearing, then also starts becoming invisible. Yeah, and the only explanation for this, they, they give a surprising amount of detail about how this works. That, like... Her body is digesting this moth, and as it does, whatever the solution that made it invisible is, like, permeating her cells, and that's making her invisible, which I'm sure is a dog shit answer, but, it's, but you know, it's, it's, it's a kid. Absolute dog shit. I mean, it's, it's, it's science. Like, I'm terrible science, I'm sure, but it's a kid's fantasy movie, whatever. But this is also when they're but, operating... But that doesn't make any sense for the outfit, no, is what I'm no, saying. No, no, no. Everything is because it's touching her skin. Yeah, but it, that's what I was saying. If it had been spilled on her, I would have bought that. That it's, like, left on her skin and it's turning the thing invisible. Okay, I would have bought that. Oh, maybe she's sweating it out, like, when you got the meat sweats because of the meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but also my thing is when they're also operating under the assumption that she's going to digest this, she's going to poop this moth out and this problem is going to go away, right? Yes, that the moth, like, it'll break just, it all down. They're like, we just have to get like through this morning and like hopefully by the end of the day, by end of school, you will have... It'll be out of your system. Poop that moth out like a little piece of corn and you'll... <laughs> Sure. An invisible piece of corn. And it, you'll be visible again. That right. was what they were operating under. And so she's she is like, well, I have to go to school so I can play on the cross. And so their plan is kind of like, I just need to get through school and then I'll be yeah. visible again in time for the cross, which is really the important thing. And this, I... This is where the movie almost lost me. They, I mean, they did lose me, but then they kind of bring me back by the end because it's not that's not what the whole movie is. And she goes, "You know what? We look kind of like, we sound like." And I said, "Neither of those things are true." Blanchard has a very distinct voice. She does not sound like this other girl at all. They do not. Well, there's also the fact that she's like a foot shorter. Foot shorter. She's visibly a 13 year old girl compared to the 16 year old girl. I said, my note is that these people do not look enough alike to have this be a thing. And this is what I was alluding to earlier, family. 
my Hillary Duffers out there. Oh, and God. Any, any one of the my, Hillary Duff family. The Hillary Duff family. Any of my Chad Michael Murray heads. Um, they do a Cinderella story, which is where they put her in the Dorothy costume and they're like, you know what this needs to hide your identity? A thin fucking Mardi Gras mask that like barely covers her eyes. It's like the same style as the one in a Cinderella story. And everyone is like... Completely fooled. Completely fooled. No one asks any questions. And yes, I know it's a children's movie, they but it's so... They also have different body types. That's what I'm saying. It's just like, if, it's like if I tried to dress up as you, and it's like, well, you're a man, and you're taller, so clearly you're not Emma. But what if? <laughs> what if? Put on I, put a on mask. I put on a tuxedo mask, and they're like, Emma, your hair color's different today, and your boobs look smaller. Your voice sounds different. <laughs> it's such a pull. Like, the, the only way I would have maybe bought it is if she, first of all, she's wearing like red uh chuck taylor's um nothing if, places us in 2015 <laughs> quite like that if if she had worn like actual high heels to make her look taller number one number two what she needed is like an actual full face mask yes because that would number one cover her whole face number two it would play into the fact that she is sick because that's still they're still going that she is kind of sick and she's contagious so she's like oh i didn't want that's why i put this mask on so i wouldn't get any, any of the rest yeah, of the team she sick needed a full she needed mask. she needed to hashtag stop the spread and then the last thing is, if you cover her mouth, Molly can do all the talking. You're right. She just has to smooth her mouth like she is talking. She doesn't even need to if it's a closed mask. Well, yeah, but I mean, you would see the person's mouth moving under the mask. I'm just saying she could open and close her mouth while Molly was Listen, saying Luke, everything. we could do this better. <laughs> invisible Brother, if we had to do this, we would be a lot better at keep, it. Keep your eyes out for the Invisible Brother remake. Yeah, she convinces Cleo to do this because Cleo made her invisible. She's like, all right, freaking fine, whatever. There's a bit then where they have to drive to school. Right, she and has Cleo to... Cleo can't drive. Cleo can't drive, so Molly has to do, like... So there's a little funny visual bit where they're driving through New Orleans and Cleo's being driven around in a very adorable... These parents must be very successful. Red VW Bug. Um, convertible. Of course. I mean, did you see their house? Yeah, it's fucking gorgeous. Yeah. But, um... In that no property one... in New Orleans? And there's, in New Orleans. In New Orleans. There's no one in the driver's seat. Yes. Um, and they frighten an old woman, because they're Hilarious. Hilarious. And then she even says, like, well, she probably just thought it was a self-driving car. Were we at the point where we had no. some self-driving cars no. in 2015? Because no. I know, like, Teslas can kind of we do it. We were not. But so they pull up to school. And, and not even a moment. They don't even give you the drama of a moment of people being like, Molly? Molly? Are you okay? Like, no one other decoms would be like, you seem a little off today. Like, they are all instantly like, hey, Molly, what's yep. up? Everybody. Cleo's best friend George is like, hey, Molly. How yeah, are you? Him, he, he had, should have seen right through What him. the fuck? He's, cause like, I will at least give it that those, that those people, maybe, if Coog is one of them, not, the, dumb. Sm not the smartest tools, the sharpest tools in the shed. George is supposed to be just as smart as Cleo. He would be like, uh, like it's hello it, friend it I see every day it should have been like that scene and I can't believe I'm making this reference in the Brian Reynolds Green Lantern movie where he like meets up with the love interest and then she goes oh my god how and he's like how'd you know it's me he's like because I've seen you every day of my life you're just wearing a small mask like what are Literally. you like what <laughs> like why did you think that would work but it works on oh, everyone. I think there is like a minute where Nikki's like, your voice sounds a little weird. She's like, oh yeah, it's just my cold. You know, I'm, I'm still fi I'm fighting through so we can play the lacrosse game. And she's like, oh, well, it, Nikki has this weird thing with Molly that she like vents everything Nikki to her. Nikki is a very needy person. She's putting a lot on Molly's shoulders. Well, it's not like she's putting on her shoulders. She just wants reassurance for Molly. She needs to constantly be hyped up, it seems like. And Molly is the person, it seems, that is like, it's going to be everything's yeah, going to be yeah, okay. Yeah. She needs to be a real motivator and a real leader and... Everyone depends on her. Oh, this is also the weird thing that this movie forgets a couple times. Is that, like, so 
Molly is supposed to be like right on her shoulder, like whispering in her ear, telling her all the stuff that she needs to know to be her. People could still hear her. That's like yes, Nikki is yes. a foot away from her, and I say whisper in her ear. She is full on just talking. talking. She's just like oh da da da. Like Nikki would have heard this voice from nowhere. But then okay, she goes away from them and calls George, or George calls her, or whatever, and this is, tells him cover for me. I'm out sick. Cover for me in science, which in I don't know. How, I don't know how a student covers for another student. It's I, not like a can't job. You just call out sick. Yeah, it's not like be, like. The teacher would get, oh, hey, here's the form that she's called out sick. It's not like she's you're covering her shift at Starbucks. No. Like, what what are you talking about? <laughs> she has to go to geometry for her. For her, for Molly. For Molly. Um, so she's sitting in geometry class, and she gets uh, a test back for Molly, and it's like a C minus. And then the class ends very quickly. We don't see any of it. And she's walking away. And again, this is the scene where, like, they're both visible, so we can see they're acting off of one another. And she tells her, hey, if you were having trouble with... Vectors or whatever. Line segments or something. I would have been happy to help you. And I was like, wait, okay. How much of a genius are you? That I you, think like, she is if like, you're beyond like a, her own If you're a level. freshman in high school, how are you on like a, ge- a, a junior geometry I level? I think she's supposed to be like a very much genius. She turned a moth invisible. Well, that was an accident, an accident though. That was an accident though. And then she has trouble figuring out what she did later. And then Molly's kind of fired back. Like you're always, because you're always so like happy to help and like su- supportive and positive. Yeah. Like kind of calling Cleo like a cynical bitch. Yeah, like, but like being like, oh yeah, you always love hanging out with me like and helping me out. Like no. Yeah. And then she tells her, Okay, well, it's study hall right now. Cleo wants to go to the lab, science lab, and get a, a microscope so they she can analyze stuff to figure out how to turn it back to normal. And Molly tells her, "I'll go do that because I'm invisible, um, and I can go take that." You have to go to Pep Circle. And she's like, oh, dear You're God, what, what is Pep Circle? And she just shoves her in the gym where these women are all sat around in the darkness. Like, yes, it's like, it appears to be, it looks like a grief counseling group, honestly. I'm not going to go through all of this. They do like a sh- sh- sharing feelings and group hugs. And and there's stuff. something called the Bunny of Truth yeah, it's, that they with, pass and around. The, and, this, and this scene in particular really irked me because I, I don't want to act like I'm reading too into things, but I don't like the picture this movie paints of female athletes that they are like, all about friendship and, like, telling each other truths and group hugs and stuff like that. Some of them are just as here to play the game because they're very serious about the sport and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I don't it, know. It, like, like, if they made a, a, a male lacrosse movie and then this was this kind of stuff was in it, everyone would be weirded I out. I think what they're trying to do is that it's not supposed to be that lacrosse. It's supposed to be that, like, Molly is, like, a team player and a leader, and it's showing, like, the difference of, like, Cleo, who's, like, very much a loner and doesn't want, like, to, you know, help from anyone or to be with anyone, and kind of showing the difference of, like, how it is nice sometimes to have people that depend on you and that can you know I don't know if we needed that physically spelled out in like a massage train thing mm-hmm. in pep circle or in bunny of truth but I think that's what they're going for I'm just saying and I also get that they're all already friends but I'm just saying is that like if you transferred to the school to join their women's lacrosse team and you were like worked super hard at the sport and were at the top of your field and were like absolutely ready and they were like oh you're joining the team great you got to come to hug circle and then you'd be like Luke I, I think don't you're ser- you're that. seriously underestimating the weird shit that, that people do on teams and the traditions that's probably and fair. weird superstitions that I guess that's have. fair I only ever played tennis which yeah. is a very team sport yeah um, I'll give you that I just felt like it was painting girls athletics in a negative like inherently more feminine light which I think is stupid so yeah this goes on molly goes and steals the microscope but while she's doing that george she, she finds i can't with the guinea pig farting gag this comes <laughs> up again here she finds george and carter talking and he goes he's farting like a chainsaw yeah he does say that see you're you're laughing at this you're not making noise for the audience that was pretty funny 
Farting like a chainsaw kind of got me. But he's talking to Carter and is like, I can't figure out. Or as my notes call him Connor. <laughs> my notes say, wait, Connor is a smart, super hot, curly Connor is a, Connor, oh, I thought it was just Connor is a smart. <laughs> That's what I thought you were saying. Uh, she finds them talking and he's like, I, pig, guinea pigs keep farting. I don't know what to do. And he's like, well, there's too much fat. Or no, there's too much acid. He gives a science explanation for like how they can't break down something in the dairy. And George is like, whoa. And Connor's like, oh, Carter. is like, he was like a, a state scholar in chemistry. A governor's like, scholar, I believe. Like he's really good at chemistry. He's really good at chemistry. And then he tells George, don't like make a deal of it. And don't tell Cleo. Because like he was trying to use that as a reason to hang out. And he doesn't want her to know that he doesn't that need the help. backfired because she thought he was using her for her intelligence. Yes. So but Molly overhears all of this. Yes, yeah, she is all she overhears all this while she's stealing the microscope and she goes back to the pep circle and then yeah, it's a massage train now and Cleo's very into the massage train but pulls her away and is like, I got the microscope but more importantly, that Carter guy is super, super, into super into you. He wants to hang out like you gotta go to study hall right now and talk to him and he and she goes, no, I don't like Carter. I don't want to be around Carter. He's just using me. I'm not the kind of girl that goes after Carter. I, I there was a really, there was a really sad line that, um, and I liked that line that she delivered very well where she goes I'm not the type of girl that guys like Carter are ever actually into mm-hmm. like she still like doesn't believe that he would like her and Molly entirely of her own accord follows Kook uh, first of all I want to my number I hate this they never explain why his name's Kook they number never- two they, what they set up here, I'm like, are we about to watch this man have explosive D in this bathroom? <laughs> a little bit, I was like, yeah. is this going to be the gag? He's literally running to this, the bathroom in the bear suit, clutching his stomach like, the meatballs, the meatballs. I'm Which like, I assume he, he definitely undercooked. Is he, he about doing. to do like a pants blowout scene? Like in this, and he like runs into the stall, takes the bear costume off and shoves the door, the door closed. Another thing I would like to point out in this scene, he doesn't have explosive D. What they're doing is setting it up because Molly's going to steal this bear costume mm-hmm. the state of the men oh boy don't get me started that they don't address for a while there are just brown wet paper towels covering that's, the it, floor covering the sinks covering the walls and that's how they decided to, to make it look gross i'm, I'm gonna write you i'm a, this is a little scene i wrote in my notes here um this was this audience this is what happened as this movie was in production how how do we show that this is a boy's <laughs> bathroom uh just have like water everywhere, everywhere. and water. like damp paper towels genius genius in puddles of water in puddles of standing water and so molly like when she sees the bear costume she's like oh gross and like come on you can do it she runs and grabs the bear costume Mm -hmm. and puts it on and i said because i knew where she was going with this and i was like honestly molly kind of a homie for in such a time of personal crisis still trying to hook her sister up with this chemistry yeah but yeah but after she explicitly said she did not want to be hooked up with the chemistry hottie sometimes you need a person in a bear suit to push you in the right direction (laughs) but also the the she steals the bear suit and coog is like freaking out and he's like like he i think he's running around the school naked and he's fully clothed well he's in his boxers which is pretty and a tank top yes um which isn't great but i don't know if we see that right away because she goes into the lab and is like hey it's me cleo i'm in a bear costume don't worry about it don't ask any questions i sound very different Sound very different. I'm, I wasn't going to be here, but I'm here now. Carter, you're like super cool and I would like to hang out with you sometime. What are you doing tonight? And he's going to uh, volunteer. I will say this actor does do a great job of just uh, selling on his face what the hell What's is going, going on. on. He's like, 
uh, I'm volunteering for the romp, romp in the, the swamp. swamp. You know, it's uh, and she's like, oh, that's my favorite event of the year. I'm, I, I would never miss it. And then George pipes in and is like, you would never, you hate, you hate that. You would never. Well, that's the, I'm trying new things. I'm trying to come out of my shell. I'll see you there tonight. Absolutely. And he's like, oh, okay, great. I'm really excited about that. And she leaves because the suit starts to turn invisible slowly and just like hide the arms behind her back as they turn. And he kind of just looks at George like, did that just happen? It's super weird. During the next, like, what do you call that? Passing period? Passing period. Passing period. Uh, she pulls, I almost said Molly. Molly pulls Cleo into, like, a room and is talking to her, being like, guess what? I got it all set up with Carter. You're good to go. And she's like, no, you, I didn't want that. Did you get the microscope? Yes, but this is far more important. This is far more and important. And they're, they're, like, talking back and forth. And George sees what he believes to be Molly. Well, it is Molly. How Mo- does this go? I it is you. Molly and Cleo talking to each other, but he sees... Who he believes to be Molly, who is actually Cleo, talking to Cleo, who is actually Molly in the bear suit. And he comes in being like, hey, are you guys okay? Like, you both were are kind of sick or whatever. And then he sees Cleo turning invisible and is like, oh, oh, yeah. bear with no head and no arm. Bear, invisible bear? And then they have to fill him in on the whole thing. And like, Coog pops in and is like, have you guys seen my bear costume? I, I'm running around the school in my boxers. And they're like, nope, haven't seen it, by, And they run away. Molly goes and, like, leaves it somewhere in the hall for him to find. He goes and puts it back on later. I think maybe while she's doing that, Mr. Perkins pulls Molly Cleo aside and is like, um, I need to talk to you about your sister. I know she stayed home from school today. And I kind of went all angry teacher on her yesterday. And I was like, no, you just fully... <laughs> you fully overstepped your bounds. Exactly. This man also always sounds like an after-school special. And, like, the way he's, like, attacking this woman, like, the Molly, who, like, isn't even the person... Not attacking, but like trying to have a moment with her i was like i get why this is happening for the movie but also if this was actually happening it would be real fucking weird oh for sure but he's kind of like apologizing me like i just want to make sure she wasn't staying home because she was like so freaked out about the assignment or whatever i was like she should be it's her entire grade apparently then there's like a sweet emotional beat where she goes i just know she really doesn't want to disappoint you do you guys have that close of a relationship <laughs> well he's uh, he's apparently the only teacher at the school I know, um, oh yeah nobody else but also like well that's also going off the back of that he's like i just want you to know by the way like she's a really special girl and i just want to like challenge her to really be the best that she can be i feel like she's shutting the world out with those headphones of hers <laughs> or something like that oh yeah also george is talking to invisimali a little bit and says that he likes her friend Nikki and she's like oh that's adorable just be yourself she likes really nice guys and he's like but being myself has never really got me anywhere that's a theme of the film um, I could not care less about this oh also is. in this scene we learned their last name is Eastman which I found funny I was like oh they finally dropped that on us and it, so it was at the, we already talked about this a little bit but it was in this moment where they're having a heart-to-heart with a science teacher I was like why don't you just ask a science teacher for help? Because Oh, yeah. That's, that was what you, I thought was going to You happen. have the invisible sister right there. Just be like, hey, listen, Mr. Perkins. I screwed up. That's I screwed up I- the experiment. I need to know what you gave me and how it could be mutated or whatever. Because I actually turned my sister invisible. She's right here. I fully here. thought that was what was happening. Because I was like, why else are we pay- spending so much time with this man? No, they like, don't do that. We're spending so much time with him. I guess the reason they don't want to do it. They don't say this, and this is me extrapolating, is that it's almost lacrosse time. And for him to sort that out, it would cut, yeah, in, okay, okay. It would cut into lacrosse time, to be fair. We spend a lot of time on lacrosse. Well, we're, we're, let's take a quick break before we get into lacrosse. Because I need to talk about lacrosse. I have some concerns That's about gonna lacrosse. That's going to take us a while. That's going to take us a while. So we're going to disappear for a little bit, and we'll be right back. Emma, they can't see your thumbs up. It's a podcast. I'm going to go swallow them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, you just saying it. It's I'm so gonna gross. I'm going to chew on them all. Ugh. The dreamers wish away. The shape of 
Ooh, we're back. Because it's Halloween, everybody. We all know Jesus. it's Halloween. You snuck up on me, just like the fact that it's Halloween. Because <laughs> I forgot. We're at lacrosse. We're at lacrosse. The cross. And the one thing I want to say up top before we jump into it, she's got to be at this game playing. Because mm-hmm. there's college scouts. And even though her parents appear to be loaded, apparently she needs to get scouted. Well, um, I mean, it might also just be to get on the team. Yeah. Like, get on the team would yeah. be good. I mean, I, there are tryouts for that, I guess, too. But but she is go, needs these scouts to see her, so she's got to play. But my caveat there is, are scouts still going to want you if you're having your shitty 13-year-old <laughs> sister who doesn't play lacrosse at all and never has, apparently, play for you? That's the same thing. Like, they're still not going to want you. That's almost worse than you being sick. Like, now they're just going to think you're fucking bad at the sport. Because as we all know, college scouts only come to one game a year. One game. One on Halloween, no less. The first game of the year or bust, baby. Yes, but I think this plays into what we were talking about, that they expected her to have gotten it out of her system at this point and to be visible again. And because I think there's a lip service paid to like, why can't I yeah, be seen? Yeah, I know. But then when it come, push comes to shove, I still would just be like, fake sick. They're going to think you're worse when your sister can't throw the ball. Very true. But I think they're just desperate at this point. My bigger thing was, I was like, okay, she plays with a cross, right? That's a sport that requires a lot of pads and like a helmet. Maybe they're going to dress her up so her face just isn't there or something like that. Tiny goggles. Well, here's the Basically thing. Basically a mask. The no, same thing. No, Emma. Here's the thing, though. Yeah, she comes out on the field. She's just wearing her jersey. And they just have like a little eye protector thing that has like like a goalie mask kind of thing. Yeah. Like not even glass. I looked it up. That's what women lacrosse players wear. Lucas. You're saying this to me like it's going to blow my mind. Yeah, but... I have been to women's lacrosse games. Okay, but... It was a very popular sport at Northwestern. This is a sport that many people have seen played. But why don't the women wear pads? I don't know. Like, like, if, if, like, if I look at lacrosse and they're wearing helmets and pads and I'm like, oh, okay. And then the women, like, I, I'm concerned about the safety no, of mean, these women. I, I'm, I'm assuming that the touch rules are probably different in terms of like how, like. That's what's, sexist. What's considered, it's, well, it, their rules are different in men's and women's sports across the board. I'm assuming that you, something that could be allowed in men's sports with pads would not be allowed in women's lacrosse and would be considered a foul. I see. I think that's sexist. I feel like women can take each other down as much as they want. I don't understand why Luke is trying to make this podcast the time where he tries to assert his dominance in the field (laughs) of women's sports, which he knows... It's not dominance. It's concern. He knows nothing about women and also nothing about sports. Multiple times with these boiling hot Those are true statements. All I'm saying is, is if like you showed me football of men clashing into each other and it's like, okay, now here's the women's football league and they were wearing none of that, I would be like, that's very concerning to me because I feel like they're going to get hurt. I feel like they're not looking out for them. It's like when they freaking made the women's soccer team play on turf in the World Cup, which was bullshit. It's like that is all I'm saying. Wow, he's really hot and bothered It's concerning me. So, yeah, she starts playing the game. As Emma said, terrible because... She's never played lacrosse I, once in her life. And does, I would be if you told gave me a lacrosse stick right now. Yeah. Said, Go for it. I can't run back and forth on that field for an hour, however long games are. And she gets bodied immediately. Oh, but the fall could not be more dramatic. She shoots like 15 feet. Oh, they all end. are, though. We're, we're going to get into it. Um, and like Molly's trying to coach her, like, you're going the wrong way. Like, go get to that point, all that stuff. It takes them way too long to figure out that they should just use the invisible player to trip well, the other you're, team. Well, you're, you're, no, no. I'm that's like, the, why didn't you start at that's that? That's the thing, though, is she, she picks 
Cleo up off the ground and is like, uh, you gotta be better than me. This is my one chance. This is my future. It's all really important. And she's like, well, the thing is, I suck at lacrosse because I've never played it before. And she tells her, okay, I have an idea. And my idea, what I thought that was going to be was that, like, she was going to be controlling the stick or something like that. Or... I don't know, moving the ball with her invisible body. Yeah. What she's actually doing is cheating. She's literally slide tackling. She's slide tackling people out of nowhere, which admittedly adjusting the ball would have also been cheating. But also like, wouldn't people be like, what is going on? Yeah, because they just, the announcer is just like, oh, number 17 gets taken out by the wind. Wind? It seems like it would have been a lot more inconspicuous to just move the ball where you needed to. Yeah, but also you're you're saying like she was tripping people. No, she's body Body, checking them. She's body and they're doing And they're going flying. They're going home alone off ass over end (laughs) all the way up in the air it's ludicrous but the point of the scene is is that eventually like rowan is like having a really good time and she like gets like a goal and she like figures out how to pass well she like, well she has to first yeah, she gives, she's doing passes picking it up then she has to give, give everybody an emotional inspiring speech yeah about, give us a speech yes Molly. about like how it's better to be a part of something it makes you stronger they go out there and then yeah she and this was the crazy thing. It's I just like, thought it was a really cute movie because they're both learning something. It is, yeah, no, it is. They're learning something about each other. But, but, uh, freaking Cleo is running with the ball and Molly just shouts, I can't get there, like, to make it for you. You have to do it yourself. And I'm like, I would hope you can outrun this, this child literally, who can't. You're really, literally basically trying to be a D1 athlete. You yeah, can't outrun You're your- three years older than her. You do this every day of your life and you're telling me you can't get there. And then what's crazier, as she gets closer, she stops trying. Oh, like, yeah. She stops there and, like, Okay. Freezes. Yeah, yeah. I was like, at least go for it. Try and get there. But yeah, she scores the winning goal and everyone's like, woo. It's never said or paid any lip service what the scouts, scouts think saw, of her. Did they That's, like her? We don't know. Which was kind of the big. Wait, also, did you, the fact that. Oh, God, George. George came down from the stands mid-game. Mid-game with an energy drink for Nikki. That's, that's where I'm going to get on my feminism so No, fast. I'm with you. Do not bother women when they're in the middle of the game if you're trying to fuck them. Like, if I am in the middle of college scouts viewing me playing lacrosse, don't fucking bother me. Not even don't. How did he get out in the <laughs> field? Like, no one just let you do that like you get just on the fence it, i i had the I same almost note. cried when she did the little speech really yeah <laughs> so then yeah she scores the game winning goal and they lift molly up on their shoulders molly cleo lift her up being like molly molly and cleo's like yes this is great i like this this is wonderful and, and then, then molly's is, invisible yeah she's yeah and she's like going for high fives and no one's giving her any because they can't see it. and she's like looking on mad and i'm like yeah you're invisible. They don't but know. But now you're... she's realizing what it feels like to not be the center of attention. <sighs> but, yeah, but it doesn't Learning. come off. It doesn't come off as that. It feels like she looks mad, like she's jealous that Cleo's getting attention. You're not getting attention because they can't see you, girl. So then we cut back to their house in the greenhouse. She's looking at her cells through the microscope, and they're like, "Oh no, your cells." Are like absorbing the thing, the, the whatever made them off. When invisible. they started talking about this <laughs> shit, my mind just switched directly off, and then it would switch back on the second they stopped talking about the actual mechanics of this. Well, it's because the mechanics aren't that important. I'm just saying them to pay lip service to the audience about why these are happening. It doesn't matter. The gist of it is, her cells are absorbing the stuff that made the moth invisible. It's not getting digested like they It's not they working through her, you know? And in 24 hours, because we love a ticking clock, from when she ate the moth, it's gonna, they're going to like become that way permanently. Like They're going to fully adjust to having this chemical there or whatever, and she'll be invisible forever. Which would really suck. 
Like, that's not a good way to live your life. I was thinking about that. That's kind of, that was kind of serious. This is a pretty serious situation. But then we kept going on weird side quests. So I was like, we should probably... Well, yeah, so this, we talked about this already. Is she's like, okay, well, we need a real lab. We, we, like, we can create an antidote, apparently. We need a real lab, like the one at the school. You know, because high school science labs are the height of... They literally have, like, a device that's, like, chemical analyzer or something yeah. like that. I'm like, really? High school lab. We also need to go catch another moth. I literally wrote in my notes right here, why do you need a moth specifically? Specifically, wouldn't any bug work? Go grab an ant, bitch. Like, literally grab whatever. Yeah, or, yeah just anything. Get the guinea pig. Literally like, that like, farting guinea, guinea pig. That thing that's farting like It would be easy to find because you can smell it. <laughs> so, George is like, okay, I'll go to the school and get the lab prepped. You guys find the moth. She says, just an easy, easy task. Just find a moth. <laughs> just find a moth. And where where do you go when you're looking for a moth? Graveyard? Yeah, a graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> um, keep in mind, it's like, it's like you know, 4 o'clock or whatever. It's right after school. And they go to the graveyard. It's the middle pitch of the night. Black. It's pitch black. Which I guess that's when moths come out. So they needed it to be dark. And so they're just walking around the graveyard with a lantern. Like an old railroad lantern. The way they explain this shit is so whack, too. They're like, um, where do moths go? Where it's darkest. And then bring a light. But a graveyard? You <laughs> I can still go to like a forest. I would have tried the forest uh, under a bridge, perhaps. Anyway, they just walk around the graveyard for a little while with this lantern. And they like kind of start arguing but not Dude, yet. Dude, this argument is such fucking bullshit. They well, never like, actually commit to it. Right. Well, first, at first they're just kind of passive-aggressively throwing barbs at each other and then they find a moth up in a tree. Matt, Molly, like, starts climbing the tree while Cleo's like, don't do it. It's super, doesn't look safe. And she's like, I'm literally gonna she's be- She's like, I'm gonna be invisible forever. I'm going for this moth. I need to get this moth right now. She falls out of the tree branch into, into some, a pile of mud. Yeah, like a muddy, Ooh's. muddy puddle. You know Because of they, course it's not Disney Channel unless we do, like, a slime gag. So she falls and then the slime- ooze like goes all over Rowan. Slime ooze? Chocolate sauce. It's yeah, chocolate and, sauce. And then, but when Molly comes out, she then transforms into like a raging bitch out of nowhere. Like they were getting along fine basically five minutes ago and then she's like, listen, you don't understand. I have to go this alone. Like I'm, I'm going to be invisible forever and like I don't need you. And tries to like break my, apart from her. My key, my favorite line from this is I'm tired of you and your science. Yeah, literally, like, I, I hate you and your science and your beakers. And I was like, what? Like when that's her only chance to not be invisible. Like it, it's like, it's like, all right, I'm giving up. I'm invisible forever. I hate you. Bye. That's the whole thing. And then Molly like runs away and obviously Rowan can't see her because she's invisible. And so then she like wanders into the middle of the graveyard like Hamlet holding a skull and, <laughs> like, and is like, Molly, I don't know if you can hear me, but I, I'm sorry. I, what Molly, she, can you hear me? I don't know what she even says. All I know is that it ends with the mournful, I should have come for a yo. <laughs> she says something along the lines of like, it's there's something amazing about you, that this becomes important, that you have like this light inside of you that everyone else, it just makes people happy and they're drawn to you. Which like I think, yeah, they don't say that, but I think that's what they're going for. Um, and I just, that's, even though I wasn't true with myself, that's something I've always wanted. And instead of just like trying to be that way, I just blamed you for having that and I was jealous and... Meh. I do think that was a beautiful compliment about that I don't think people get complimented on enough but having something called emotional intelligence. Like, she says something, she doesn't say the term emotional intelligence but she's referring to the way she is with her friends and she goes, you see what people need and you make them better. And yeah. like, you make them better versions of themselves. And I thought that was a very very well thought out line in a children's movie about the concept yeah, of not I, being like book intelligent but being emotionally intelligent and socially intelligent. And also, just don't worry guys, if you were feeling something right now, Molly reappears almost instantly. <laughs> Moth in jar and this fight is over. Yeah, she, and she's well, like, no, she said, "What did she say, Emma? You can come to Froyo next time." You want. 
<laughs> They're going to Froyo next time, guys. Don't worry. That fight lasted five seconds. Then they've got the moth. They've got to get into the lab. They have to get into the school because they're like... Oh, this we're, is finally we're, where we get some invisible hygiene. We're running out of time. I hope George has everything set up in the lab. He doesn't because the security guard... And George is a fucking worthless member of this team. They caught a moth in a graveyard and he can't even get into the goddamn couldn't, high couldn't school. Couldn't break a window. <laughs> um, they're all brick. Because, yeah, they pull up to the school and he's just sitting outside being like, there's a security guard there. He won't... And, and keep in mind... This is one door. There's got to be a lot of doors no. on the school. And, but, and that also comes up to me here because Mala is like, I'm invisible. I got it. And she goes up and knocks on the door. The guy comes to see, like, is somebody out there? And then she just like slips in through the open door. And so my thought was, okay, great. She's going to go to another entrance and let, and them, let in. them in. And let them in. No. no. She does a full on spook show for. Because this is when, this is the only time I felt like they were trying to lean into this being a Halloween movie. Yes. And what I thought maybe she was at least just distracting him so they could like rush in. I but no, she fully needs to scare him out of the building. She moves Janice's bucket, the basketball. bounces the basketball down the stairs and then picks up a bucket of paint and spells out boo on the ground boo. and encircles him and then he's like what? And then he looks at, not looks at her because she's visible, but just looks up and goes and she goes boo! And then he screams like a little child and runs away and ha 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 ha. And then they get into the lab. Yeah, they get into the lab. They start performing horrible experiments on this moth. This poor and innocent moth. Protect moths. Turn it invisible just like they did the first one and so they're like, okay. What they realize though I'm going to jump because yeah, yeah. you're getting in the weeds with this science stuff and I'm actually going to fall asleep. They realize, though, through cruelty to moths, is that they print out, like, the antidote to, like, what, what it would need to, like, make this, like, solution antidote. And it's very, very complex organic mm-hmm. chemistry. The, the the printouts that this supercomputer... Yes, that's what I guess, keep in mind, it's coming from, like, a supercomputer. <laughs> this is a supercomputer in the basement of their high school, printing out, like, this is super horrible organic chemistry. And the excitement that I felt in my heart that I got there before the movie said it, I wrote in my notes, oh, God. Connor knows Catherine. Carter! I know his name is Carter, but in my notes I thought he was Connor. And I was like, Connor knows chemistry, let's go to find him. And then I realized what's going to happen next is we have to go to romp the fucking swamp. <laughs> I want to is say... It, okay, hang on. Is it, right romp, is it romp the swamp or romp in the swamp? It's romp the swamp. Romp is not a verb. I think I, it, okay, romp the swamp sounds like two people fucking on some moss. Like romping on no, the swamp. No, but that would be a romp in the swamp. That's what I'm saying. It is romp the swamp. No, I'm with you. Oh, it is a verb, I guess. It can't be as a verb. Um, play roughly and energetically. With it. the swamp? But I, but I will, yeah, that doesn't make sense either. But it, like, rock the swamp would have been fine. But I guess they really needed that. It doesn't really rhyme, so don't say rhyme. I was going to say alliteration, but what is it when it's on the end of the word? I don't know. Consonants? I think it's consonants. Whatever. Um, So yeah, they have to go to this party. And keep in mind, guys... It's a party, but it's also a fundraiser, but it's also a haunted house. I guess, yeah, I guess you make money by buying tickets to the party and then also to the haunted house. But also, guy, what threw me here is that, like, it's like 1130. Like, she's going to be invisible forever in half an hour. And this party is still hopping. Raging. What school events has ever gone to what midnight? What school event happens in a fucking swamp? <laughs> it's Louisiana. It's all swamps. You can't ask that kind of question. But anyway, they're You're going to cut our New Orleans audience. I'm sorry to people's knowledge. <laughs> um, but they are running through this very expensive looking haunted house that Disney didn't even utilize. Like, this thing looked very expensive. And well, well, hang on. They arrive there first, and they meet up with Coog. Oh, yeah. And they fill him in on the whole invisible girlfriend thing. And he They needs- start getting real loose-lipped at this point. Yeah. Everybody's fine. Well, they're running out of time. Yeah, they're yeah. running out of time. They need as many all-hands-on-deck. 
And they're like, okay, everybody split up and search through the party. And so George and Coog go through the haunted house. And Emma's right. It's like a full-on production. But it mostly consists of just people just walking around and being like, oh, Carter, no. There seem to be any patrons. Seems to be no. only people scaring. But they're, they, I do like when George is like, do you ever see him? Luscious curls? <laughs> he does great curls. Sure. And then he runs into... Say that name. <laughs> I've said it many times. I don't got it. Nikki. Nikki, who looks too old for him. They have a weird interaction where he calms her down because she's hyperventilating again over the, her responsibilities for this fundraiser. And I guess Molly's not there to put a Xanax in her smoothie. He calms her down and then asks her on a date. And that was something we're supposed to care about. Congrats. Sure. Moving on. How do they find him? Cleo finds him standing outside somewhere. And I loved this. I, okay. Emma just had a really weird tone and expression when she said this, but I also enjoyed this is that she finds Carter. My notes are so funny. They're like, he's a honeypot? Question mark, question mark, question mark, because he's dressed as a pot pot of honey. honey. He's a pot of honey because she was a bear. (laughs) Yes, Emma. Good. Guys, guys, if he ain't dressing like a pot of honey, he ain't for me. Yeah, I I, I had a similar note along the line. Also, by the way, I would like to point out that George is trying to do this get his dick wet thing while Molly is disappearing forever. Oh, yeah, yeah, Again, pick your time. Pick your time for these things. Nobody is picking the right time. No one's picking the right time. But um, I literally wrote, including Molly herself. No, oh, we'll get to that yeah. in a second. I, but I know I wrote. Okay, I don't care about this dude at all. I don't care about Carter. But the fact that he made a honey costume to compliment her bear costume is pretty cute. Yeah, they're so cute. And then he said he had this line, and I don't know what I think. I have a personal thing because I really like Halloween, and I spend a lot of time making my own Halloween costumes every year. So he said, "I spent all af- went home and spent all afternoon gluing felt." I was like. <laughs> Oh, Carter, you know the way to <laughs> And it's through felt. It's through felt. It's through arts and crafts. A hot glue gun? Mm. Mm. Pour the hot glue. Oh, Jesus. It's like a dominatrix shit. Um, so they have a really interesting conversation that I couldn't really pay too much attention to because I was bored. But they literally... I thought you said you were just so invested in a sunny costume. After that, I was like, it's all downhill from here. But basically, he was like, do you like me or not? And he's like, I can't tell. Like, you asked me out, and then you barely show up, and now you're not in costume, and I'm in a honeypot. And, like, it's like, I don't know, are you up or down? And she's like, you know what? I do like you. I didn't think you would like me. I've always wanted to hang out. Sorry about the mixed messages. We're sorry about the mixed messages, but you know what? We're actually on a pretty tight deadline, and we need somebody. <laughs> she says, "I want to talk to you about all of this, but I don't have time for it right now." And she says, "Come with me into this barn." No, that was my favorite line <laughs> in the whole movie. She goes, "Come with me into the barn," and then someone ADR'd in and goes, "You know that barn's off limits," and I'm like. What a convenient off-limits barn. Five feet. I think, feet I think they needed to pay lip service to that because you know if there's a convenient barn away from the party, kids are making out. <laughs> sure, I was going making out, but if you want to go, they're definitely leaving the party. But like convenient, you know the barn's off limits, and I was like, the barn's off limits. But nothing is off limits. Wait, see wait. no, let me say it. But nothing in the barn is off limits. Nothing is off limits in, in the, the barn. barn. <laughs> It was so funny because, like, we saw this whole, like, scene as we entered it. We saw the haunted house. We saw everything as they were walking in. We never saw a barn. And all of a sudden, it, like, Scooby-Doo pants. And it's like, to the barn. 
barn. And I'm like, the barn. And also, Molly's apparently been in there. The whole time. Like, all they needed to say was, Molly, go wait in the barn while we track him <laughs> down. And it would have been fine. But, so, they bring him in there, and he's like, what's going on? I, a part of me also thinks maybe he was thinking that he was being brought in there to make out. Because, like. He was hopeful. He was hopeful. But he's like, why are there all these people here? And she goes, okay, guess what? She, 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 she throws a blanket over Molly, and he's like, she's like, hi, Carter. And he passes out. Which I think is honestly the first genuine, genuine reaction. good reaction to a per- invisible person. And then he gets back up. They explain everything to him. Being like, you gotta. He has a little ice pack on his head when he's doing the. Yes, yeah, so I don't know where they got that from. But they tell him you gotta sort through all this gobbledygook code for us, so we can figure out how to make, make the antidote. Make the antidote, and he is like, okay, well, it's pretty serious. We're going to need to distill it because we'll have to distill the steam from this formula. Is anybody else eyes rolling back in their head? And so they're like, well, we don't have time to make it to a lab. We can make a homemade still. <laughs> and so then we get a quick shot of them going and taking candles for a heat source and pipes from this Visibly organ. fake. Yeah, but taking pipes from the organ to, for tubing and like a funnel off the, uh, tin, man's the tin man, which I like. That was good. But then also like thread that needle better. Introduce me to the concept of a still before this happens. I have no idea what the fuck they're that's doing. What, that's what I said, though. Like when they said a still, I was like, are they going to teach you how to make a still, which is also used to make alcohol? I, like, <laughs> I was like... Disney Channel. Um, but no, here's the thing. We see these pieces that they're taking, and then they come back into the bar, and they've constructed what it, it looks almost like a Rube Goldberg <laughs> machine. Or like that weird... Uh, they're all like pushing down they're like, like yeah, those antique fans. Yeah, things. and then also like there's like a chamber with a cloak that looks like the thing the Green Goblin goes into to get the Goblin gas in the Spider-Man movie. And, but, it, but the point is, it looks nothing like any no. of the materials they gather. And so they're like making the steam and then turning into a liquid and blah, 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 blah. While they're doing this, this Mr. Perkins is banging and just like, oh, you kids, get out of there. You're making so much noise. I know you're in there. You're going to get detention. Again, the only teacher of this school. Keep it. And so, like, we're down to, like, 40 seconds. Oh, they are saying 40 we seconds. We have 40 seconds. It's starting to come out of the little spigot. They got some But drops. it's like, it's like drip, drip, drip. And... They're like, what if we don't get enough in time, etc. And finally, just they get just enough, and she hands it to Molly. So she's like, Molly, drink it. Drink she, it now. It's enough. And then Molly comes up with a new separate idea, which is no. She lets Perkins in. She has to go let Perkins in. She's like, I need to do something first. And then she goes, he needs to see how incredible you are. <laughs> and she's like, hey, Mr. Perkins, it's me, Molly. My sister turned me invisible. She's really smart. Great. And then... Throws flower on herself. Yeah, so he can kind of see her shape a little bit. He's, she turned me invisible for her science. Yes project she's amazing first of all this was not it was again i do want to reiterate an accident this was Entirely, not a science yes. project and also i will give it to her she's trying to make her look this good man thinks yes. this is a random he idea. already likes her like you literally i'm sorry uh, you're willing to risk the rest of your life for your sister's 12th grade science project and you could have done this at any time this there was no need to do this now um, and also the thing that I realized, which I don't, I, I, we don't talk about implications of things that much on this show. They know what the chemicals are now to make something invisible. The U.S. government is going to have a true. I think uh, that's, that's what happens at the end. She pretty much on it. The, the United States government is going to dominate the world with an army of invisible soldiers. Oh, we're gonna have invisible planes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think it works in an organic. Well, no. If they were sitting so in the plane. The well, no. They did. She didn't turn the car invisible though. Maybe mm-hmm. just would take longer time. Maybe the bear costume took longer. That's true. I, I don't have invisible drones. Oh, we, we would have invisible drones for sure. Anyway, the point is, is, like, she's amazing, it's great. And then he's like, whoa, whoa, what? And then she reaches up and picks up the terrible CGI cup that has the solution on it, downs it, and, like... Nothing the, happens. Well, the thing has gone off while she did the spiel. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, now 10 seconds they, past they had midnight. An alarm. They had an alarm. But then they also completely, ret- like, that statement, and Con 
Connor goes, uh, Carter. Carter goes, your calculations were very conservative. There should still be enough time. Sure. I was like, then why were we working on this minute? Why didn't you, why did you lead with that, buddy? That, yeah, like, why, why was it like, we probably have 30 minutes on either side, give or take. Like, it was like, midnight is the deadline. Then he's like, but, um, it should still be fine. They were very, which, I mean, I guess he's right. Not all human digestive systems work on the same time. So I get it. But the fact that he's just like, um, these estimates were clearly conservative. Like, it comes out of nowhere and is dumb. And, uh, Cleo's like, I can't believe you would do that for me. And she, Molly's like, he, he needed to know. I don't know. Why? He didn't. He really didn't. And so you also still ostensibly have the invisible moth. That's also great proof. Yeah, he's like, we should have had more time. It should have worked. There must be something we're missing. Did you eat anything else that night? Coog chimes in with his immortal last line. Meatballs. Oh, I will. Oh, we also, I touched on, we did kind of skip. When they arrive at the party, he goes to Cleo and is like, is your sister avoiding me? I feel like she wants to break up with me. And like gives the whole thing where he's like, I, I, I just wanted to be happy. So it's not a big deal. And it's like crying to himself. And she... Tells him, like, you know, I never really liked you, but I can see you're a good guy and all that stuff. So but she says, so she's like, no, it's not the meatballs. Wait a minute. You had a game the next day. You must have had, had the ginger, ginger fizz. fizz. And she's like, yeah, I did. I put it in the glass. Do you have any on you right Always now? Always can. Always. I never leave home without it. It's my American Express. And, <laughs> and I got you more than I thought it was. <laughs> and such an old reference. And so then they get the antidote. And there's more of it now. That they can fill the glass up, and they drop a ginger fizz palette. Now like, that thing's like a keg. It's yeah, yeah. Flowing. But they're like the the acid in it must have changed the equation somehow. They drop the thing in there. It fizzes up. She drinks it, and she's visible. Woo. I just say that because visible sister. I just say that because we saw we we all knew how this was gonna go. And this is when I was like, I totally forgot about the ginger fizz. That should have been brought up a lot more if this was gonna be the smoking gun here. I'd say it's more of a Chekhov's gun than a smoking gun. Then like they they all walk out of the barn and the teachers the off limits barn. The, the teachers like, hey, I apparently am the chair of like the New Orleans Science Institute yeah, Academy, what the whatever. Fuck was this? Um, so can you come report on your findings? She's like, yeah, sure. I'll reveal to the world that I created invisibility. Awesome. And then Coog and Molly go and join the party or whatever. Carter's like, uh, a lot's been, he's like, listen, there's a lot that's happened tonight, but do you want to dance? And she goes, sure, yeah, absolutely. he's still dressed in a little honey pot. And then we get another very meandering narration. Yes, but over... she's presenting to the science thing. That she's presenting the to the cheers. science thing. And then... Her teacher gives her a really cheesy double. Yeah, it's, like, it's awesome. It's so good. It's like in slow-mo. It she's looks like, like walking down and she's like... It looks like they were trying to make a meme like of that yes. one of a guy going like... But the whole point is that she's finally visible for this scientific And discovery. then also she's visible because they finally went and got Froyo. And they and do it slow-mo. Slow-mo. Froyo. Froyo. Oh, no. Cheers. <laughs> and George and Nikki are on a date there. Who cares? But but the reason I say it's meandering is because it's just more like the beginning where it's just like visible visibility. That's invisible. a fine line to walk. In between visible or the invisible. It's almost like she's scatting. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're saying. Um, she's doing slam poetry. Yeah, it sounds visible. like slam. Invisible. Thin line. They can't see me. <laughs> Honestly, what it sounds like. Camouflage. But that's a Invisible Sister. That's Invisible Sister. It's fine. It's a cute little movie. It's, I mean, it has its faults. I've watched but worse. It has its faults, but I don't think any of them really hold it back from what it's trying to be. Um, I expected a lot worse, honestly, with such a stock, lame title. Yeah, they didn't really try it all. Yeah, no, I, no. <laughs> I, I think because that, that's what the book's called, or it's like My Invisible Sister or something. Uh, like I said, I, I think it, it tries to go a little bit big with some of its messaging. Like, really, I think it's just a story about two sisters getting to know each other better and, like, respect one, one another and, like, learn from each other, like Emma mm-hmm. was talking about. But 
then there's the whole line of being like, oh, I'm really someone who's invisible. It's like, oh, and I'm really invisible. Oh. And there's a fight like... That stuff doesn't work, but it's not enough of a thing that I care about it. Yeah. I think all the actors do a really good job. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think actually, like, especially because there's no parents. It's all yeah. really on kids' shoulders and that one teacher. The actors are good. Yeah, and I think it all adds up to a perfectly fine time. Would I recommend this against the many, many other Halloween decoms out there? No. Would I classify this as a Halloween decom? Also, I no. I mean, like, it's a Halloween decom like Die Hard as a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's, it's like, happening It's a, at it's the a same movie time. that happens into the holiday uses as a backdrop, but it's not really engaging with the thing. I agree. Which, I mean, to be fair, we're, we're gonna have to start probably doing Halloween ones outside of Halloween at some point, because there's, like, just a sheer number of them that we <laughs> won't be able to fit each one into all their own Halloween. So, I might as well start with this one, I guess. But, uh, what would you rate it, Em? I'm gonna give it a 5.5. I, I I think I'm gonna give it a 6. I think it has I still around there, but a little bit higher just because I think it's it's a kind of movie that I've learned to appreciate, especially in quarantine, of just like a movie that just like comes in, does its thing, gets out. You know, you kind of have what expectations you have going in and it's just yeah. like, yeah, here we are. This is our thing. Don't worry about it. I, I was gonna ask what we're watching next month, but we're still riding off the coattails of my goof. Double teamed. It's double teamed as our season finale Woo. of D Comedy. Is this our fourth season or our fifth season? I have no idea. It's about to be five years. I don't even know how old I am. We've been doing it for five years, which is scary to think about because we started in 2016, I think. But yes, we'll be doing double teamed next month. Thank you so much for bearing with us with that episode and the lateness of this episode. We truly appreciate it. Um, Emma, where can people find you on the internet? I'm at Emma Stone Tyler on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can find me on Twitter at wildfire underscore king. And you can find my Patreon at patreon.com slash Tyler. Thank you so much to everybody supporting me there. Also importantly, you can find us on Twitter at Podcast. Give us a follow there. Become a loyal comrade so you're up to date about when episodes are coming out and wonderful things of that nature. Um, we really appreciate seeing you guys tweet about the show and how much you enjoy it. It's awesome. But if you'd like to take those comments and put them somewhere that everyone can see them, you could rate review us on iTunes or... Or you could buy a billboard. You yes. could do either of those things. That would be nice. I would like that. But yeah, iTunes, Google Play Music, wherever you can rate us would be great. I, I actually don't know where else you can rate other than iTunes, but I say it every time because... You can paint it on my garage. I don't care. <laughs> as long as it's five stars. Um, I think that'll do it for us. Just be sure to check out AudioEntropy.com for all the wonderful shows there. I'm sure you'll find one you like. I think that'll do it. Thank you so much for joining me, my visible sister, on this. Thank you. <laughs> this I'm happy to be here. Happy to be visible. And, ne- and so join us next month when we're covering two very visible sisters. Visible. Visible. I listen, I don't want to promise a lot about double teams, but I can, I can tell pro- you I can promise one thing. They are visible. They're very tall, so they're very visible. They're very visible. <laughs> Two very visible <laughs> sisters. Um so join us then. Until then, DCOMs forever. Bye. B- bye bye. Molly, are you okay? Where am I? Uh you're in the bathroom? No, I'm not. I'm gone. What do you mean you're gone? Um, Molly? Molly, where did you go? Exactly! Uh, Where did I go? I don't know! I don't know where I went!